Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, church. Everybody that's listening in this morning, it's great to come into your living rooms. If you're in a, a hub, just great to, to be able to, to come and bring God's word to you. You know, in global, we believe in being Bible-based, Christ-centered, but Bible-based because the Bible gives you a foundation for your lives. It, it gives you truth to base your life on, and it's truth that never changes. You know, two and two make four. It's always been like that, and it always will be. It's absolute truth, and there are absolute truths in the Bible that never change, and so you can build your life on what the Bible says, and so... I want to have a look at the second coming of Jesus Christ because it brings us hope. And you know, we're, we're living through COVID and it's dragging on and dragging on. And it's statistics every time you watch television, everything is negative. And it's, oh, it's getting worse in India. Oh, it's getting worse in America. Oh, it's, they're still in lockdown in different places. And we're having to lock certain places down now in Britain. And, you know, when you come back from a country, you've got to self-isolate and, you can't go to France and I can't go to France. And just can't go to France and finish my little project off because I'd have to self-isolate when I come back. But it's all COVID and it's all about a disease or a, a problem that we have that's worldwide. And, you know, very few things like this have ever happened on a worldwide scale like this. And it's affecting the whole world, everybody at the same time. And we're getting ready for a, a global happening. You know, even we recall the the last two big wars that we had, world wars. We called them the First World War, the Second World World War, and it affected the world war. They were wars that affected the world more than any other wars in many ways. People were pulled in from different nations and countries. You know, the the things that happened there were, were, were dreadful. It let us know that the heart of mankind is not good, and the depths of atrocity that, that, that mankind is capable of was plummeted more than anything. And so, you know, the idea that humanism uh, says that we are, we're very good and we're good people and one or two little bad things in our lives that just need ironing out, but basically we're good, was absolutely obliterated. And it's like, no, we're not good. And what the Bible says for all of sin have fallen short of God's glory, that the inclination of men's art is naturally evil. We have to learn to do good. We don't naturally do good. We have to train ourselves to do good. If you know a good person living on your street or alive in your world, they have trained themselves over time to be good because every one of us have a natural impulse and inclination to do what is wrong. We are naturally bent in on ourselves. We are naturally selfish. And what the gospel does, it it enables us to bend back out and to put God first and to do the right thing by others and by our own lives as well. It's learning to, 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 to have that heart that, that can serve, that can love, that can give. The gospel, the power of the gospel, Jesus changes men's hard hearts, puts soft hearts in hearts of flesh that have got a pulse and can beat with compassion and love and kindness and care for others. So good, very positive. And so I want to bring... The gospel message and part of the gospel message is that the king has come 
and he came to his own, to the Jewish nation, and his own, many received him, but as a nation, the authorities didn't receive him. And uh, many Jews did, and they were they, they received his blessing, his forgiveness, his healing, his transformation in the life. But the authorities didn't, the religious authorities, and they, they had him crucified. And if that was the end of the story, it's not really much hope there, it's not really a good story. But three days later, Jesus did rise again. And he appeared to about 500 people at one time. There were many resurrection appearances, but one of them was to 500 people. So, you know, one person can get it wrong and in, you know, another person that's really grieving the loss of a close friend could think that they saw him. But 500 people at one time, they saw him. But even the individuals that saw him, their lives were transformed from fearful to bold, from hopeless to men and women who had hope, especially Mary of Magdalene. She, she changed, she transformed. She was the first person to see Jesus alive, first person to spread the gospel. It's a woman. There you go. Oh, all you guys that think that it's a man's world and Christianity is all about being the men and God chose a woman <laughs> to spread the gospel first. I'm playing with you this morning. But I want to bring us hope. The hope of the gospel is sickness and disease and wars and injustice will not rule forever that Jesus's return is going to put an end to all that he's promised it in the word and God has to deliver that or he's not a just God he's not a powerful God he's just the God of words and Jesus's first coming disappointed so many people because they expected Jesus to put a stop the Messiah to put a stop to the rot in the world to get rid of the the dictators that were around in those days, the Romans who were dictator, who were ruling over the world and ruling over Israel. And so the messianic hope was, you know, God's going to send the Messiah and he's going to deliver us. We're going to rule from Jerusalem with him and people will learn justice. They'll learn peace. And uh, there's going to be peace and prosperity on an international scale for everybody. And that's what they were expecting from Jesus. And he didn't bring that. He brought forgiveness. He brought personal peace, personal forgiveness. He didn't really do much when it came to the authorities. And it's like, is he really the Messiah? John the Baptist said, are you the one that is to come? He was the one that picked him out of the crowd and said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And yet, when he heard about Jesus healing, and, and delivering people from evil spirits and raising the dead. He's going, have I been believing the wrong person? And Jesus quoted Isaiah, the, the messianic promises in Isaiah, Isaiah 30 something. It's, uh, and he just said to, to John's disciples, go back to John, tell him that the, the deaf can hear, that the blind can see, that the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised to life. Blessed is the man who doesn't fall away on account of me. In other words, John, you've got the wrong, the right person. You believe in the right one. But there's two comings of the Messiah. There's the first coming where Jesus bears the sin of the world on the cross. But the second coming, Jesus doesn't come to bear the sin of the world. He comes to bring salvation and to set men and women free. 
and uh, from, from their sins and to have lives restored. It's absolutely fantastic. And we're heading towards that. We're heading towards that. So I want to have a look at the second coming over the next few weeks. I'm going to try and break it down as simple as I can. I'm trying to find bite-sized verses of scripture, but really and truly, we've, we've, we've got to read uh, Matthew chapter 24. That's your homework. I'm going to, I'm going to get through some of it today, but that, that will be your homework. You know, uh, years ago in 2004, we had the great tsunami. Uh, that horrendous thing that killed over a quarter of a million people, you know, almost overnight, uh, misplaced and, and, and millions of people, a couple of million people were misplaced and displaced all over uh, that area. And it really hit, you know, Phuket was a, a name that I remember. But on one of the beaches around there, there's a young girl, a 10-year-old girl. She was with her sister and her mum and dad on holiday. She'd... She'd been uh, taught in, in school, in geography, uh, a lesson that was very boring to her. But one day, her teacher made it interesting because he showed her, he showed the class a video of uh, a tsunami in Hawaii. And she found out what the signs of a tsunami were, the water bubbling and, and, uh, and, and when the waves come in, they go right back out and they don't come as far back in. They start to go back out very quickly. The tides, you know, goes that way quickly. And there's a big buildup of water. And she, uh, she saw that happening on the beach that she was on. And she told her parents and they didn't believe her. So she kept going on and she goes, I've seen this in my class. There's a tsunami coming. There's a problem. And that is that people didn't know what a tsunami was. A lot of the people on the beach because they were visitors from Europe, probably all over the world, but certainly from Europe. They didn't know what a tsunami was. They'd never even heard of it. But the lifeguard had, and he, he started to see, he started to watch, and then he, he, start, he began to clear the beach. And you know, the, 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 this young girl, her sister, got upset because of, her, because of her older sister going on and on and on about all this. So the dad took her back to the hotel but the mother remained and refused to leave the beach. She's going, it's, it's okay. It's just, you know, what are you talking about? What do you know? And eventually they managed. She was the last person off the beach was the mother. And the daughter says, I've got to go back uh, because there's a tsunami coming. And that day, because of that girl reading the signs, she saved 100 people, around about 100 people. They all got back into the hotel and she got them onto higher ground because she knew that there were going to be aftershocks. And, and so she got them out of the fire and got them up there. And today I want to bring you four signs uh, of the second coming. Why? Because, because there's, there's two types of people, Jesus said. When his second coming happens, there'll be a group of people, a huge group of people throughout the world that are taken by surprise. They will be shocked at Jesus' second coming. But there'll be a huge group of people who are not shocked because they've been watching the signs of the times. Christians are people that need to know the signs of the times. It's there in the, the gospel. So if, if we take that serious, we can know that it's very close to Jesus coming back. And it is very close. And, you know, we couldn't have said this before 1947 or something like that, when Israel became uh, its own state, its own uh, nation state. Before that, you know, they weren't a people. 
they were recognised and given back uh, the place in uh, in Israel that's always contended for even even till today. But the point is, is that Israel became a nation state again, and Jesus is coming back to Israel, to his people, Israel, and so things are building in momentum. You know, the Bible says there's going to be an increase in knowledge throughout the world before Jesus comes back. And what do we see with computers and everything? A massive increase of knowledge being available to us. It's just out with technology. It's absolutely incredible. And it's on a worldwide scale. That's what I want to really get to you because we take this for granted. But when the Bible was written, we didn't have technology. We didn't have aeroplanes, we didn't have cars, we didn't have trains. And so, you know, they had boats and ships that they had to sail between nations. Everything was slower and most people never left their area, you know, where they were brought up in type of thing. Very few people could travel like like we travel today. I've just hopped on a, a plane to Turkey, had an holiday there, jumped on a plane and came back. I mean, that would have took weeks, years ago. But, uh, but now we can do it like that. Technology is amazing when it works for you. But I want to have a look at, at Matthew's gospel because Jesus was asked by his disciples for the signs of his coming. Are you ready for this? Just nudge somebody and say, wake up. He's getting on with it. <laughs> Here we go. Matthew 24, verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. And Jesus was actually speaking into what was going to happen as a judgment on Jerusalem. Seventy years later, that's exactly what happened. That temple was sort of bulldozed. The Romans came in and not one stone was laid on another. And one of the reasons for that was they were told that gold had been put in to the uh, cement in between the bricks. <laughs> they were prizing them open to try and find gold in there. Anyway, that's an aside. Verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming? And at the end of the age, Jesus answered, So obviously there is an end of the age because Jesus didn't correct them. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. He didn't say listen, he said watch. That's the key thing I want to say. Watch, watch, watch. Don't listen, watch. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ or I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will bear you will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed, because these things will come. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. So it's not yet, but these things will happen. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. When uh, then, uh, so that's the first sign, and the first the first sign is in the world, and there's wars and there's rumours of wars, and there's famines, and uh, nations will rise against nations. There'll be earthquakes, and you know apparently earthquakes 
are doubling every 10 years. You know, we've just, but, but be aware, be aware. Jesus said, the, this is not like a death rattle of somebody dying. It's more like the birth pains of a woman in labour. She's about to give birth. It's not the death of a planet. It's the birth of a new heaven and a new earth. So, verse 9. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. We're seeing that. That is just so, so powerful. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. He who stands firm to the end. That's why I want to, to, to give you these signs and give you these teachings to strengthen your faith so that you remain faithful to the end. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So there's a shrinking, you know, men's hearts will grow cold. People will, will, will fall away from the faith. I see that. I see that even today. People leave church. They get upset about nothing sometimes. They go to another church. They take the problems with them. Uh, and they're ungrateful heart. They're ungrateful spirit. They don't last there long. They move on. They move on. They move on. And I know some of you have moved church for good reason. And God was in it. Don't get offended at me. That's very good. Well done. <laughs> but but many. And then I look after. I've, I've been a Christian almost 40 years. And I've had a chance to see. What small things take people out and they walk around wounded for the rest of their life, telling the tales of war to anybody that'll listen. The point is they've fallen away, fallen away and often for precious little. And uh, if I'm speaking to you today, there's no condemnation in me. I'm saying get back. I'm going to say get back on your donkey, but it could sound like get back your donkey. I don't want to offend you again. <laughs> but get back to fellowship. Get back to church. Come on. Have a, have a bigger heart. Have a bigger view. But it says that the, at one, one level the church is going to shrink. At another level the gospel is going to be preached throughout the world. There's going to be a growth of, of uh, churches and church plants and, and the spread of the gospel. And so... We're seeing that in the world. I'm going to talk about this in depth, uh, more in depth, not too much depth. But we need to know some things. I'm going to, so I'll touch on these things. Today I'm just reading about them. But he says, the testimony and the gospel will go to all nations and then the end will come. Verse 15. So when you, so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, and in brackets here it says, let the reader understand. Uh, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his clock. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequalled. From the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again if those days had not been cut short no one would survive but for the sake of the elect that is the believers those days will be shortened and that time at that time if anyone says to you look here is the christ or there he is 
do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the desert, or, uh, do not go out, or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe them. And that's the third sign. The third sign is a dictator in the Middle East. And when it talks about understanding what was going on in Daniel's time, there was a, a, a crazy guy, a dictator, who came uh, into Jerusalem and uh, and he, he, he set up an altar to Zeus in the temple of a God dedicated to Yahweh, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on the, on the altar, he put a pig. And if you know anything about the Jewish faith and and pigs, pigs was an unclean animal. So it was totally, totally obnoxious. But it was a mean, cruel dictator. And Jesus said, when you see that, he said, there will be great distress unequal from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. And that's why many people thought the First World War and certainly the Second World War, it was like a fulfillment of this. But sadly, it wasn't because there's more to come. And I want to get you ready so that you're not taken by surprise, but you're ready. Your thinking's ready. Your, your faith is ready to, to believe for a greater thing beyond the distress. That distress will only last three and a half years. So, you know, it's, the time's been cut short. So we've got to be nimble on our feet. Jesus said, you know, if you're in Judea, run. <laughs> I love that word, run. <laughs> one guy came to pick on me one day and he said, he called me something. I said, that is fighting talk from where I come from. He said, well, do you want to fight? I said, no, I've just moved. <laughs> anyway, fourth one. Fourth one, it says this. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will the son of will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, this is what will happen in the skies now. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds or the four corners from, uh, of the earth, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its figs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that the summer is near. Signs, yeah. Even so, when you see all these things, you will know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So in other words, mankind will never pass away and Jesus's word, words will never pass away. But what is interesting is the heavens and the earth will because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And I've got news for you. As believers, we are not going to heaven. Heaven is coming to earth. So, you know, stick around. I don't want to be like Mystic Meg. Stick around because I want to get into some of this truth. 
So Jesus Christ is coming back. And like a great leader, he's saying, I've given you some signs. We'll have a look at them probably next week. But he says, I've given you some signs of my coming. Because he's coming to right the wrongs. He is coming. He's coming to sort out the devil. He's coming to sort out the ungodly. He's coming uh, to, to reward Christians. He's coming to convert the Jews. Uh, it says that they will see him, the one they will look upon, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn like a woman grieves for a, a, an only child that's lost. You know, it'd be like, what have we done? And they will see him as he is. And it's a bit like the undercover boss, the illustration I often use. When Jesus came the first time, John's gospel records that he came to that which was his own, but his own received him not. And Jesus, why? Because they didn't recognise him. They thought he was going to come in all power and glory like I've just read. But that's the second coming of the Messiah. The first coming, he was going to come as a suffering servant. Isaiah said that he he took our infirmities. He was bruised for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And they think, no, that can't be the Messiah. The Messiah is a conqueror. He's an overcomer. But Jesus is the suffering servant as well as the conquering king and he come he came to re-establish his kingdom that was lost in the garden of eden and he re-established his kingdom with new believers and uh, even his disciples didn't believe half the time and yet one guy said to him you know jesus had to pay the price for our sins you know that well he paid for them on the cross And just before he said it is finished, there was the thief on the cross next to him and he went, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus on the cross broke the power of sin, Satan and sickness. And it was complete. And the guy just said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus could have said, you're the first. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Boom. And the first candidate in the kingdom came rolling in in this new kingdom that Jesus has set up with his freedom from sin, power over Satan, and healing for sickness. It's a, a whole new kingdom. It was the kingdom that was there in the Garden of Eden. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they handed over the, the, uh, the authority uh, and the ownership to Satan. He was an unrightful king. He's not the king. And Satan has set up his kingdom and we have seen how he's treated his subjects down the years. He's an evil king and he's a bad king and he doesn't care for his subjects. And then Jesus comes and he doesn't give in to temptation from the devil. Matthew chapter 4, like Adam and Eve did. Genesis chapter 3. He resisted the devil. How? With God's word. It is written. That's why in Global we keep saying... Come on, believe the word. I am tired of meeting unbelieving believers. They believe Jesus for salvation and then don't believe him for anything else. They have no faith. They just, when trouble hits their life, they crumble like anybody else. It's like, what? We have a message. We have a hope and a future that is powerful. And and it's not just for future. It is for now. You know, being healed of of things. I've just had a report back, you know, from the hospital. They can't find uh, the cancer in my prostate that, that was there. They can't find it. And they're saying, 
well, that a scan will probably will probably put it off till next year. They said we cannot find anything there, but they can't. They haven't said I'm ill. They just said we can't find anything. We'll just keep monitoring you, and they don't realise that that every day I've been taking bread and wine, communion, bread for healing, believing for my healing, and wine to make me feel dizzy. Sorry, to remind me of my forgiveness of sins. So positive, so powerful. Maybe today, maybe today, you've got healing needs. You know, you've got sickness and you need healing. Why don't you believe today? Why don't I pray for you right now to have healing? So that what I'm talking about, about this supernatural God, is not just words, it comes, the gospel then comes to you with power. That's not freaky, is it? Maybe you've got cancer today. Whatever part of your body where you've been diagnosed with cancer, just put your hand on that part of the body. Maybe it's not cancer. Maybe it's depression. Or the mind monsters getting you because of lockdown and different things. Place your hand on your head. Maybe it's relationships where you've been broken hearted. Somebody's walked out that door and they've left you. Listen, only chickens leave you. Eagles stay with you. You're an eagle. Don't mess around with chickens, but you know what? They've broken your heart, to be serious. They've broken your heart. If you've got emotional hurt and pain, maybe it's not because of a, a partner in love. Maybe it's the way you weren't loved by your parents or by brothers or sisters or whatever. Put your hand on your heart. And I'm going to pray for you today. You say, but I'm not a Christian. It doesn't matter. Jesus healed people that weren't believers. He healed people that weren't Christians. The word Christian came years later. So don't worry, just believe, yeah? And the healing doesn't come from me, it comes from him, yeah? And we finish every prayer by in the name of Jesus because that's the power. You know, last night I went to a bar, you meant to put your, you know, tables and things, you, you, you meant to put your name on a table, you know, call them, go online or whatever you do. You, you know me, anybody who knows me with technology. Anyway, I took Shelly out, or she took me out, but we went out last night um, went into this bar, which has been our local for years, and people are queuing up. And when it got, we just stayed in the queue. When I went in, the guy said to, to the woman on the door, who, who was getting people in and out, he said, there's always a place for Pastor Dave. He's, he's, he's somebody somewhere had the authority to, 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 for me to bypass anything to get what I wanted. He had the authority. I'm not going to give you his name. It's not Jesus. <laughs> But he had the authority. So she could let me in on his say-so. And Jesus has got the authority. And I speak in his name and I pray in his name. I preach in his name. So today I want to pray for you. So you put your hand on whatever part of the body you need to and I'm going to pray. And at the end, I just want you to say, I receive Jesus. I receive, right? I receive. Lord Jesus, Thank you that you brought the power of sickness at the cross and evil spirits and torments of the mind. And now in the name of Jesus Christ, whoever is listening that needs that touch from you, will you place your hand on the leper and they were cleaned? Lord, when you place your hand on people and demons came out, or you place your hand on people, I should say, and mental torment went and peace came. And I speak peace to troubled minds. I command cancer to shrivel up and die and leave the body. I command emotional hurts to be cut off at the roots today and the healing process to come throughout the next few days and weeks and months. And I speak healing in the name of Jesus Christ.
And Jesus, uh, amen. Amen simply means we're finished. It means I agree. Now listen, tune in next week because we're going to continue this. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 